Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley. And today, I'm going to help you make more money, or at least improve that relationship with money, which will in turn help you make more money. So if you want more money in your life, stay tuned. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I am so excited that you are here. Today, we have a little bit of something special for you. And that is my presentation from the Hair of the Dog Summit 4 that we just held back in September of 2022. It was an incredible event. If you weren't there, uh, it's not too late to grab yourself the recordings. Uh, We had just some absolutely incredible speakers from uh, Monica Vandermaiden sharing us how to do dreamy portraits and Ewan Cheney from Metley Snaps helping us um, edit incredible black and white studio images. We had Corinda Kinsler helping us hit that mythical five-figure sale. We had, oh my gosh, just so many things. Heather Lawton was taking us um, through our Wacom tablet to become a ninja there. We learned how to photograph dogs under the Milky Way, how to photograph dogs underwater. We learned how to do improve our client workflow. Oh my gosh, we learned how we have kind of subconscious programming in our voice and what that sounds like and how to change that. It was absolutely incredible. If you want to jump over and um, you know grab those recordings, just go over to hairofthedogacademy.com slash recordings, and you can go ahead and grab those recordings there. And also, by the way, if you want to grab them before the end of the day on November 1st, uh, then use the code SUMMIT save, S-U-M-M-I-T-S-A-V-E, and save $170 off the cost of the All Access Pass um, or recordings upgrade. And yeah, you can grab all of those recordings, some of the bonuses, private podcast feed of all of the talks for only $127. So hashtag steal. There were a lot of great uh, talks there, 16 speakers, in fact. So go check that out. But in the meantime, go ahead and listen to my talk here where I'm going to help you hopefully up-level that relationship that you have with money so that you can earn more of it with more ease. Enjoy. Welcome to Uplevel Your Money with me, with Nicole. We are going to be talking about ways to hopefully make more money. Uh, So my question for you starting off is what's in your wallet? And no, this is not a Capital One commercial. I don't care what credit cards are in your wallet, although there are a lot of credit cards that can help you earn free travel, but that's a whole different presentation. (laughs) Today, we're talking about our money mindset. I can tell you exactly what your money mindset is and what your comfortability limits are with wealth and with your money based on what your bank account is, because that's just how it is. It's what our relationship is. It's what our subconscious is going to allow us to get to is where usually we currently are. Yeah, of course, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're a little bit more, sometimes we're a little bit less, Um, but there's kind of like this happy medium that we usually kind of come back to. That's also one of the reasons that a lot of lottery winners win million dollars, sometimes multiple millions. And 
I forget the exact study, but it was within a couple of years, the vast majority, like 90 some were back at where they started before they won the lottery, because that's where their subconscious was comfortable. And that's kind of where they got pulled back to. So what I want to do today is help you guys uncover maybe some stories that you have about money, whether that's earning money or spending money. Um, Money is related to our business, money related to our worth and offering our photography services and start to find these little different pieces that maybe highlight these stories that aren't serving you, these beliefs that aren't serving you. And then we're going to learn how to flip it uh, later on in the presentation. But first, I kind of want to ask you, like, what's your relationship with money? Money is neutral. It doesn't, it's not good or bad. It's, and everybody has a different relationship with it. Just like, oh, this way. If this was your dad and he worked in a business, like the people that work with him in his business, his boss, his uh, employees underneath him have a different relationship than if this was your dad in college, right? His college friends have a totally different relationship with him than his work friends. So the same thing with money in many of us. Some of us have a more strained relationship. Some of us have a better relationship. Uh, That relationship can change. So that's what we're here to do today is kind of uncover that and start to change it because money's energy. And the thoughts that we hold about money are often the very thing that affects how much money we have because those thoughts, those beliefs are either attracting it or repealing it. I've said this a lot of times too, with, you know, talking about marketing our business, there's definitely things we need to do. There's definitely best practices. Like all the speakers said, we need to have good branding. We need to have good processes. We need to have great client experience. We need to create great images. Yes, we need to do all of those things. But one of the most important pieces is our kind of energetic signature on our business and on that marketing. I actually heard a speaker. It was Tracy Summit, Tracy, um, the voice, the non-voice voice coach, voice coach, talking about the subconscious of our of our voice. Um, there was somebody speaking at her summit right after me that was talking about like basically the subconscious energy that goes into writing an email or an offer or anything like that, and it was fascinating. So truly, I mean, everything in this world is creative energy. This desk is energy. This microphone is energy. It's all like moving electrons, quantum science. It's actually (laughs) quantum physics. Um, So we need to just be really, really cognizant of what we tell ourselves and what stories and beliefs we hold. So We're going to go through a couple different things here. And throughout this whole presentation, I want you guys to grab a piece of paper. I want you guys to grab a notebook. And I want for you guys to write down any emotion that comes up through this or any story or any belief, anything that's like, oh, that equals this, that causes this. Oh, people like that are anything like that. Write it down, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's neutral, write it down. Yeah. Positive, negative, neutral. And most importantly, don't judge it. There's no shame here. There's no like, oh, I'm a terrible person because I thought that. No, no, no. We are literally just starting to look at look at these stories. And then we can decide later on if they serve us or not. So no judgment, no shame, just make notes of things. So the first exercise I want to do is I want to go through a couple different scenarios. And I want you 
to think about what your reaction is when you're put in this situation. And if it is positive or negative, write it down. Like, for instance, when you see someone driving an expensive car, are you like, eh, whatever, no reaction? Is it, oh, what a waste of money on an expensive car? Is it, oh, that person should have donated to charities instead of buying an expensive car? Is it, man, I would love to drive that car one day. It, you know, what comes to mind when you see someone driving an expensive car? If it's, if it's a strong emotion, either way, definitely write it down. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> That's why I love you. <laughs> All right. What about when you see the like Forbes list of the world's wealthiest people? What, what do you think? Do you make any blanket statements about them of, oh, they all must have X, Y, Z? What happens in your mind when, you, when that happens? All right. What about when Bitcoin hits 50,000? And then also when Bitcoin falls to 20,000? <laughs> what happens? Uh, what thoughts do you have? Beliefs come up for you? Feelings? I love you guys putting the stuff in the chat. Um, all right. What happens when you hear of a new 25-year-old billionaire? How? <laughs> yes, please tell me how. All right. What about this one? What happens when you hear of a new, I should put, really good pet photographer joining your market? What story do you tell yourself then? This is a telling one. I hope they're selling products. <laughs> products. Not nervous. Get my shit together. Still can't touch me. Love it. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Make a note of these guys, of any ones that are like, especially stirring something in you. Um, all right. What about this one? When you're just flipping through TV and the real housewives come on or the Kardashians or some other pop culture insanity reality show, <laughs> what judgments are you making about the people on that show? What judgments are you making about the people on the show and how it reflects back on you? What judgments are you making about you as you're watching that? And it could also be like HGTV. Oh, they're watching, you know, they're redoing this 5,000 square foot mansion in Malibu and they're like 28. <laughs> how? What? <laughs> All right. I love it. Oh, yuck. Great marketing. They're famous for not doing a lot but I also know that's not true. Yeah, these are all good. These are all good. All right, hold on to some of those because we're going we're gonna to start to list down some of those in a little bit. So truly the true cause of negative feelings about your underlying beliefs about money are not about the money. <laughs> um, whenever you have a negative feeling towards anything, anything related to selling, receiving, earning, growing your money, saving your money, seeing other people do something with their money, judging them, judging yourself. Uh, it's not about the money. It's about these underlying beliefs that you might have about that money. So let's start to dig into your money stories, shall we? Let me know if any of these ring a bell. And then also, as we go through these, if you have any particular money stories that you know that you have, that you're holding on to, share in the chat. Um, how about earning money is hard? Or I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too whatever, insert adjective here to be successful. People won't like me anymore. 
Rich people are greedy. How can I get paid for something I love? I don't deserve it. Easy come, easy go. That was one of mine that I had to work on for quite some time. So what do you guys have? Do you guys have any particular money stories that really stand out to you? I don't have enough. I'm threatened. If I have too much, I'll be judged. Yeah, that's a big one. The, the, the concern for being judged um, affects a lot of things we do. Earning money is hard. I don't deserve to make good money. It's hard and I don't deserve it. Growing up poor, seeing family members in debt. Yep. That will do it to you too, for sure. Scary how to handle it all. Yeah, that's definitely one too. Alienate people I love because I'm well off. Um, I was sending an invoice to a non-photo person. I missed a month and nearly flipped out that I had to bill as much as I did. I'm not good enough, young enough. It's harder to charge when it come easier naturally. Uh, father told me I couldn't make money being an artist. Artists starve. Never enough. I don't deserve it. Growing up poor, I have no experience. How can I expect to get paid and make money? All right. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, guys. Parents, frugal, brothers on public assistance, not part of the family story. Need to work a lot for little money so you don't lose jobs. Yeah, that's a huge one. They have to working hard that money can't come easily. That's really, 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 really common that you need to work yourself to the bone in order to earn more money or to make decent money. Uh, I wasted money on education I'm not using. Wasn't able to keep money. Mother demanded we gave it away. Need uh, That I need to make my own money and not rely on a man for it. Don't want to be like my parents. Greed caused bankruptcy. Good thing you're not your parents, right? The more I make, the more I spend. Parents were terrible with money, but judgmental of everyone else who had a lot of it. Yeah, oh, that's a good one, Kelly. So they definitely probably had some sort of belief because someone probably told them when they were little that people that have a lot of money are greedy or this or that. So of course, they don't want to be greedy. So therefore, you can't have any money. And then you can't be greedy if you you know don't have any money. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. So good. So good, guys. I love this. All right. So where do these stories come from? Definitely a huge one is what our parents have said about money. And, you know, you guys don't have to grow up with some like horribly traumatic money story to have things that your parents said affect you. It could be as benign as you were in a store when you were four and you wanted the toy and your parents said, oh, no, we can't afford that, even though they kind of could. But it was just a, what you tell a little kid. Like something like that, you could actually carry through your whole life. Like, oh, I don't know. We couldn't really afford it. Um, Money doesn't grow on trees. Yep, that's a huge one. Like, what did they always say? Was there tension around money in your house? Or if there wasn't tension around money, like what happened? Like for instance, my house, like there wasn't really tension. I don't remember anybody ever talking about it. Like we had money to do things we wanted to do. But, you know, the in... 2008, my dad was in the mortgage industry. So we know how that ended. So that was like a big one that I was working on for a long time that it was like, oh, he was doing really, really, really well. And then all of a sudden it was like bankrupt because the entire industry imploded, you know, and that, that affected me, you know, as an adult, it would affect me a heck of a lot more if I was a kid when that happened. So there's like all sorts of, of crazy, crazy things that can happen from, um, from our parents. Oh, Kimberly, that's a good one. Don't be greedy. They're starving kids in um, other countries. Yep, yep, yep. So, <laughs> yep. So you can't have anything, even though, even though, um, isn't it true that if if we can't, that's one of the, that's kind of a sneaky one where it's like, oh, well, 
it's wrong of me to want more things here when there's other people that don't have things. But correct me if I'm wrong. If you make more money and you have more income and more wealth, um, can't you help other people much more so than if you can just barely feed yourself? Uh, yes. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> so earning more money actually allows you to do more good. So yeah. Awesome. All right. So where did these stories come from? What did your parents say about money? What do you say to yourself? That's usually along the lines of, oh man, I got to work hard or, oh, I don't know. No one's, no one's going to believe that I know what I'm doing or I'm not worthy of doing this or gosh, this, this should be harder, like actual work, not like photo photographing puppies and playing on Photoshop for fun and getting paid. Like it should be hard. Like I should work in the mines. <laughs> no, no, it can be fun. So what are you saying to yourself? Yeah. Keep writing these things down. Do you have any guilt around spending money? That was that good one of, uh, you know, hey, you can't have this because there's other people that don't. Uh, what do you fear will happen if you're rich? I saw some of that in the chat too of alienating other family members, um, probably because you're, those family members maybe are making judgments of people that are well-to-do or um, people that, you know, like the Elon Musk, the Bill Gates, like the, the you know, the people on the Forbes top 10 list. So if they are projecting that on them, then obviously if you make money, then they might not like you too. And then you're kicked out of your tribe and your family. And that's like big danger. <laughs> you're going to eat by a bear. So you're, you're, it's easier for you to play safe. And yeah. Uh, what do you fear will happen if you're rich? Okay. Um, what did your religion teach you about money? That it's, you know, not good to have it, that you just need to be very generous, but you can't enjoy it. Like, was there any sort of religion component to that? Um, and then, of course, what does the news or reality shows tell us about money, popular culture? You know, everybody loves to hate on somebody. <laughs> so how is that affecting your views on money? I grew up Catholic. They love money. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Catholic loves to guilt you into giving money. I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone out there. Um, oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot. You grow up in these situations and, you know, before you're seven, it's either seven or nine that like, whatever people say, like you can have just a, a math teacher in second grade because you missed a thing and they sent under the breath like, oh, you're no good at math. Like that would follow you through your whole life of you saying, yeah, you know, I'm not good at math because Mrs. Smith said I wasn't good at math because I messed up like five times four. Like what? What? It's crazy. And actually, like the more you learn about this, the more I'm like, oh my God, how have I screwed up my kids by saying like random things that didn't really mean <laughs> that they are now going to carry with them for their whole life? <laughs> really crazy. Anyway, but here's another exercise I want to do to kind of see what else comes up for you. Um, because again, right now, all we're doing is we're trying to find these beliefs. So as you come up with like, oh yeah, I do believe I need to work hard to earn more. Oh, I do believe that, you know, that rich people are not, are not, what's the word I'm looking for? Generous with their money. You know, whatever little pieces come up, write it down. Also, if things come up here, we're going to talk about spending money and then receiving money. If anything comes up here, write it down of like, oh man, that one made me really uncomfortable. So here we go. You got a large electric bill. It's been hot. It's summer. Like 
Oh, it's been really hot. It's usually like $200. What? 500 bucks. What the heck? Ah. Um, or it could be like a large unexpected medical bill. Like you just got a large unexpected bill. What is your, I'm going to put in the chat. If you get a large unexpected bill, what is your initial reaction? Mad. Oh no. Panic. Worry. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Current feelings, not the same as previous feelings. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lynn sending me therapy bill. Now you send that to Heather Lynn, not me. I just, I just dabble in this. <laughs> um, yep. Alexis, that's a great one. Yep. Yep. Oh no, but at least I have my savings. This happened to me two years ago, maybe. My son was on, I don't know, he was on antibiotics or something. Um, and he had a reaction. So we ended up having to take him to the emergency room one night. And I'll find, just needed some steroids and changed medicine. We're all good. But then it was December. It was early December. And then like a week or two later, we got a $500 bill, you know, despite having good insurance. <laughs> it's a story for another time. We got a $500 bill. And, you know, you open it and you're like, ah, God, sucks. But then at the same time, it was really easy to flip that of like, I am so thankful that I can pay this and it's not going to ruin my family's Christmas because there's a lot of people out there. I get emotional. There's a lot of people out there that if they got a $500 bill on December 10th would be like, oh, sorry, kids, you don't get anything. Like we can't buy food for Christmas. We can't pay our rent next month. So when you have these negative feelings about the large unexpected bill or any of these other things that are going on on here. If you find yourself of like, oh, I would react poorly to that. Can you shift that and have a way to be grateful for it? It doesn't have to mean like you get a bill in the mail and you're like, woohoo, 500 bucks. Yeah, goodbye. Like you're not making it rain over to like the doctor's office. Like you're just going to write a check. You're going to send it in or pay it online, whatever. <laughs> but but is there any way that you can change it? And even if it's like, all right, yeah, if it would still affect your Christmas to pay that $500 bill, oh, it can be like, oh, that stinks, but at least they have a payment plan. So I can still have a Christmas or I still have that. And there are always, there are always, always, always ways to, to switch this to gratitude in some way, to be, at least be thankful for what you do have of, oh, got a $500 bill, but you know what? I still have a house to live in and I can still pay my heating bill. And, you know, it's December and some people are living outside. You know, there's always ways to find that gratitude of where we are, which can shift you out of this negative, negative, just sinkhole of misery, <laughs> which doesn't do anything to help you attract more money. Because remember that money is energy. So whatever we are thinking, whatever beliefs we are holding is 100% all of the time pulling money towards us or repelling it away from us. And, you know, I'm not saying that you can go through this and like never have a, a downward money spiral. Like we're human. That's going to happen. But you can start to catch it a little bit earlier when you're starting to go down this rabbit hole of the shame spiral or the judgment spiral and be like, whoa, whoa. All right. I know where I'm going here. Stop. Mm, let's re let's reassess this. All right. So here's a couple other ones. All right. You have to send a, an unexpectedly larger check than expected to the IRS. 
Not going to lie. Still trying to get over this one. <laughs> Maybe because there's a giant value conflict where the government spends their money and where I would spend the money. <laughs> that could be it. But, um, you know, can you swap that to a gratitude of, oh, if I owe the IRS more money, it means I made more money, even though still writing that check with a little bit of anger. <laughs> um, what about this? What about hiring a house cleaner or lawn service? What does that bring up for you? Is it something that you're dreading of like, oh, God, like, I don't want to spend the extra money. But knowing that if you did spend the extra money, that would give you more time in order to actually work on your business a little bit more. And in the long run, make more money. Or even if it's not to make more money, like maybe it's like, hey, I can actually take care of myself and sit on the couch and read a book for 20 minutes. Um, Self-care is important. So, yeah. So what do you think of with that? Uh, How about this one? This is a good one. You're out with dinner with friends. You don't drink. Somebody orders a really expensive bottle of wine and it comes around at the end. It's like, oh, well, I'll just split it. Hmm. What's going on there? <laughs> uh, Joanne says, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Not too happy. <laughs> All right. Keep on going. Keep on going. What about this? Computer dies. Need to purchase a new computer. Ugh. It's just not usually very exciting. And it's a pain in the butt. Like, time sucks. So, I'm usually not happy with that. Okay. I'm going to keep going here. Um, what if you're shopping for a couch? You're like, man, I need a new couch. And this could be a couch. This could be a purse. Whatever something is that you value. I value furniture for my home. I do not value purchases. We've had this conversation. My latest purse is $10 from like a secondhand store. And it's pretty cute and has a parrot. Anyway, dream couch is two times more than the okay couch. Like the one that would do that you like, but you don't love. What do you do? What do you think about um, what goes through your head? What stories go through your head? Life's too short not to have the perfect couch. I agree, Susie. <laughs> Only if the couch would last decades. Yo, Kelly, that's a good one. Yep. Because value. Yep. 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 My lumbar agrees. You're funny, Denise. I love it. All right. That's spending money. Let's look at this for what do we think about getting money? We're all going to be like, yes, I am in. I like this. This part is fun. All right. But what about if someone owes you money and you need to ask them about it? Ooh, not as fun. <laughs> Dreading that. Um, that's like one of the worst. I hate that. All right. What about sharing the total for your photography order? You know, you just upped your prices like Corinda said, and they're like, oh, it's $15,000. How's that feel? What story comes up when you're about to say that's $15,000? Because that's one we need to rewrite. All right. What about this? What about having to borrow $10? Maybe this is a before Apple Pay. Um, that you're like, need $10 for gas in your car and you don't have your wallet. Like, what if you actually had to go up to a stranger at a gas station and borrow $10? Again, before Venmo and Apple Pay, we'd just be like, do you have some cash? And boop. I'll send you this. Yeah. And you can certainly pay them back. You just have no money and no way to pay them back at the moment. And they're a stranger. I would walk home. <laughs> oh, I'm in Phoenix. That's how you get jumped. Only in parts of Phoenix, Denise. <laughs> All right. What about this? A neighbor is overly generous and gives you $50 for feeding their cat one time and it took you five minutes. Does that make you feel 
like, oh, like that's too much. Uh, shouldn't do that. Like, how does that make you feel? Or can you be grateful for it? Too much. That was nice. And then thank you. I like it. Reject it. Cats are worth it. They are. <laughs> All right. What about this? What about you've gone through the summit and you're like, oh God, I need to double my photography prices. How does that feel? What if you just went into your price guide, if you have one, and just boom, doubled everything times two? Nauseous. <laughs> uh, scary. Yep. Insanely brave. What are they going to think? <laughs> Lisa has words I can't say. Well, I can, but I'm trying to keep a PG. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. And then last one. At what point, like how about receiving a $500 financial gift? What happens if it's a $50,000 financial gift? And I get it. Like the who the gift is from, what strings may or may not be attached to that gift, and what um, situation the gift occurred. But is there, do you have like a financial barometer? Like, can you guys kind of come up with a number where you're like, man, yeah, $10,000 would be awesome. I'd feel great about it. But if like someone gave me like a hundred thousand or like, I'd obviously it'd be awesome, but you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. So something really crazy starts to happen once you start to do some of this work. And this happens in your photography business too. When you're starting out and you're like, I think I'm going to charge like $200, maybe $225. I, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go $250. $250, you guys, for a session. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, something something happens from there. You don't usually go from like, yeah, $250 a session to like, no, no. Minimum $2,500, ideally $12,000. Like that doesn't happen overnight. We need to like incrementally upgrade our comfort level of money we are comfortable accepting. And yeah, you can do this quickly. There might be some times where you're like, oh, all you need is to know that like, oh, uh, $10,000 sales possible. Oh, okay. That has happened for other pet photographers. Oh, okay. I believe it. I am in. And that's all you need. Other people need to be like 250. Okay. 500. Okay. 750. Okay. 1250. 2000. 2500. Oh, Okay, back to 2,500. Like other people need to do that more incrementally. And that again, depends on all these beliefs and things that you have and just kind of what it takes for you to continue to up-level. So it's always important, you guys, the, the basis of this talk is to like, listen to these feelings that you have when things happen. And when something's like, oh, or there's a judgment or there's like a tightness in your chest or there's a like just negative feeling, Like, what is it? What is it that's causing that? And like, then we can start to ask ourselves some questions. We're going to get to those questions here in a second. So I want all of you guys to kind of think about what's, what's one money belief that is not serving you. Go ahead and, and share that in the chat. If you can think of like of all these things we kind of just came up with, what is the, the biggest thing you think that's kind of standing in your way? from moving forward and up-leveling your relationship with the cashola that I should give my friends free photography. They will never pay that much for my artwork. I don't deserve this. Confidence, fear, confidence. I have to work really hard to make any kinds of money and give my clients tons and tons of my time to be worth it. Not worth it. Don't deserve it. Finding people pay what I, what I need. 
scared people will stop booking if I do too much. Are you guys seeing that a lot of this is like pretty common? So hopefully you're feeling not alone. <laughs> not alone in this. Yeah. Go broke by asking too much. Get out of my way. Stop thinking too much. Okay. Awesome. All right. So we have what's coming up. So we're going to start to change this belief because beliefs form the foundation of behavior, right? So if you believe that you're not worth it, then you're never going to actually do what you need to do to market your business and grow your business. You know, if you don't believe that people value photography, you're never going to actually ask for a sale or kind of follow through with what you need to do because your subconscious is telling you it's like, it's pointless. Why Don't even bother. So we need to change these beliefs and truly identifying and changing just one belief can change numerous behaviors. Oh, Atomic Havocs, that's a great book. Okay, so let's change some beliefs. I would love to bring somebody on and we're going to change a belief right here and right now. So who has a good belief that they want to talk through, a belief that's not serving them, that we can change to one that does? Who's brave? It's not as scary as Tracy's call. Come on, guys. (laughs) Carla, you do? All right, let's do it. All right, Carla, go ahead and unmute yourself. Carla, Carla, are you there? I don't hear her. Do you guys hear her and I just don't? Or is she okay. not there? Oh, there now? you are. Okay. okay. Hi. 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 All right, um, Carla, what's your belief? Well, it seems like every time I do have that extra money come in, something uh-huh. else comes to take it back. Uh-huh. Easy come, easy go kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. I love this one. All right. So um, we did that. Where do you think this comes from? Uh, it could be from watching my parents and how they handled money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my father struggled. He had his own business and he struggled, but he managed to keep the house, pay the yeah. bills, but there was never enough left over to enjoy life. Gotcha. Well, that I think is like double compounding too, that it was running his own business and there was still never enough. Cause if it's, it's one thing too, I mean, that's, that that would cause it if he was working like a W2 employee for someone and there's just never enough, but then you compound it with like, Oh, not only is there never enough and it comes and it goes and there's just never enough. It's also never enough from his own business. So how can my business be successful? Yeah. Yeah. And and he was the one that told me that because uh, I wanted to be an artist when I was I knew from like the time I was five years old. Right. And he kept telling me, oh, you can't make money doing that. You know, you got to be a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, no, thanks. Pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But actually, when I went to college, he he had to get a, a grant in order for me to go to a two year college. And he insisted I take secretarial courses. Yeah. What I wanted. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be, that's a deep belief from watching him struggle to, you know, have anything extra. And then also having him tell you for so many times that you can't do this, um, that that'll get you. So 
Let's consider the quality of that source. Did your dad actually know anything about being a paid artist? No. No. Okay, great. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, this is a good one is considering the intention of the source. Do you think your dad said something like that to you to crush your dreams? Or do you think it was a better intention from him? I think it was a better intention. Yeah. But at the time, it didn't sound like it. Well, 100 percent, 100 percent, you know, and he could definitely even possibly have been projecting his own, you know, experience of like, man, I have whatever job you're supposed to have and I'm struggling. So I can only imagine how much my daughter would struggle having this artist job um, that is not usually well accepted as an actual job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think I agree. I think his intention for something like that was, was to, to hopefully help you not have the struggles that he did. You know, another thing he, he lived his life through fear all the time Mm. and everything was a worry to him. Mm -hmm. And he was a perfectionist, which Mm -hmm. I tended to pick up being that way myself. But over the years, I've managed to work myself out of that because that will stop you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Yep. For sure. So let's question the validity of the easy come, easy go. You know, certainly there are times that bills come in, bills go out, things come in, things go out. So, you know, our, our bank account's never static. It's always kind of moving. But if we're looking at the validity, validity of this belief, like, can we find any situations in which people are artists and are not living that way? Like, is it possible? Absolutely. Yeah. So here's a big one for you. Holding on to this easy come, easy go belief. What's it costing you? The ability to foresee my dreams coming true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, do you think you are not pursuing the goals that you have as hard as you would because of this belief? Like, do you think this belief is slowing down your progress? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So can we create a new positive belief? How can we flip this easy come, easy go to a new belief? Do you have any thoughts before I Uh, jump in? Maybe putting the extra effort in that I stopped myself from doing mm. would bring that extra money and then it wouldn't be going out as fast. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you, is it true that you are not your father? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so is it also true that you can choose to have a different relationship with money than your father? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Is it true that, yeah, that even though things do ebb and flow, that you can make more money than you spend? Yes. Yeah. And you can continue to focus on the making more money part. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do, I do like to what you said. I, I, right there with you. This was like definitely one of mine. It's like all for the same reasons. And how can we incorporate this new belief into your life? And one of the things I hear you saying is that you maybe stop moving forward with things or stop working on things because is it just like, why, why do you think you maybe 
don't go all the way with the actions that you know would help your business. You know, that's the hard part for me to dig into and and pull out. Um, because my very first paying client, when I first talked to her on the phone about photographing her dog, yep. um, it sounded like she really might not be able to afford anything more than a hundred or $200. But after she saw the photo, she spent $900. And I was amazed and it really got me excited. But then all of a sudden that fear came back. Uh-huh. What was the, what did the fear say? You were lucky. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that is a common way that it starts off. It's like, you're never going to do this. And you do it like, well, you're never going to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, you've had, and that's another good point too, you guys, I don't ever want any of you, which we all do, but you have to kind of catch it of when we're projecting our money beliefs on others. So like you said, you were talking to this client and you're like, ah, I think you're only going to be able to afford a hundred or $200. Like we, we can't, we can't project that on people. We just, oh, I didn't be, say that to her. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But you're saying in the back of your head, you're saying oh, okay. it subconsciously. Yeah. Um, so we just need to approach people just to very much like, Hey, this is what I have. This is what I offer. And I would love to serve you. And they make the decision and we don't judge like, cause I know a lot of people will feel bad on, Oh my gosh, they're spending $2,000. They're putting on a credit card. Can they afford it? Because like my parents had a lot of credit card debt, or maybe I used to have a credit card debt. Maybe I do have credit card debt. I don't want somebody else to get credit card debt. And then it's my fault because I'm the one that's selling them this. And they go down this whole entire spiral when it's really, that's not your job. Your job is not about their finances. Your job is to just serve them, share what they, what, what the value is that you offer and they make the decision. They're adults. So yeah, to not feel that guilty. So let's talk about this new belief. Maybe it is instead of like an easy come, easy go, it could be, I am willing to show up a hundred percent to grow my business, something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, write some, like write a couple things down and you kind of play with what affirmation kind of works best for you. And then I want you to do it. Like take that and put it on your computer, put it on your mirror, like put it where you see it every day. And, okay. and it will kind of remind you and to, to step into that, that new kind of belief and to, to act as if, because oh. they're all connected. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Awesome. Can I say that again? What did I say? I don't even remember what I said. It just came out. What did I, did you write it down? Um, I'm willing to work a hundred percent. Oh, nice. I'm growing my business. Yeah. I'm willing to give a hundred percent to grow my business. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, Maggie, you can share a story that would help others. I love it. Go ahead and unmute. Okay. I'm going to mute it. So, um, and this, this really changed a lot for me and helped me a lot. So maybe it will put a perspective for others who are struggling with people spending money. My husband and I went out to dinner with another couple with friends and we haven't seen them for a while. We're having an amazing time. Now we're paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, maybe a little bit better, but yeah, basically, you know, no, no free money out there. And, uh, Food, drinks, three hours later, we get the bill and it was our turn to pay. The bill was $770. Yikes. And I froze. Mm -hmm. 
And but I had too many drinks, so it didn't really affect me that badly. Thank goodness for that. And and I got we got home, and the next day we talked about it, and it was one of the best money we spent hmm. because it was we still see value in it. Mm-hmm. So did we have it readily available? No. But we know that we will make money to pay for that. Yep. And we spend quality time with friends having a great time and building our relationship and friendship. And it proved to me that people will invest in things that they value. Mm -hmm. It was the perfect proof for me just by, by that happening to me personally. I love it. I love it. You could even look at it as like, oh man, I had to pay $770 for that lesson, but I'm going to make so much more money now that I know that lesson on the back end of my business. Yeah. So I stopped question. That's when I stopped projecting on clients. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere close to where I need to be, but that helped me stop projecting on clients on what they can and cannot pay. Yep. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I love it. Fantastic. All right. So you guys take a little screenshot here. I can upload the slides of these um, in the all access pass and on the replay page later. Um, right after this, I've taken my daughter to a lesson at the barn though, to go ride her horse, but yeah, take a screenshot of these, how to change your beliefs, because you guys can do this yourself. You can grab a friend kind of talk through it. If you're like, I can't create a new positive belief, like talk to someone to help you come up with it. Cause sometimes we can't see the forest of the trees, right? We're so close to that, but these steps will help you help you do that. So, um, to wrap up here, I want to do some three quick, um, ways to help improve our relationship with money. So we're always looking for those beliefs. We're always asking if these beliefs serve us and we're going to switch the ones that are not serving us the most, like the most, most damaging ones. We'll start switching. So the first way is by having some incremental upgrades. So there's four ways. I'm going to go through a couple scenarios. I want you guys to kind of rank the overall section of that of your life there with brass, silver, gold, platinum. So platinum is like, you know, the best. Gold, second best, silver, meh, brass. Hey, eh, you know, it's just like there. It's like 1980s decor. <laughs> All right. So incremental upgrades. Let's do it. Your home. How's the location? Like where, where is there? Are you living where you want? Is it platinum? Is it gra- black, brass? Is it silver? Is it gold? Your neighbors or lack thereof, if that's what you prefer. Your furniture, your yard, your decor, your space in general, your overall experience. So how do you feel about the overall experience of your home? Brass, gold, platinum, silver. Or I guess brass, silver, gold, platinum. Awesome. Lisa loves her house. Got some silvers. Got a couple of brasses. Old Mary has a platinum. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. This is a telling one because you guys might all be like, I'm all platinum up in here in my house, but oh, shoot, my bedroom and bathroom, that is brass because nobody sees it. So I like live in squalor. So how's that toothbrush? Upgraded that toothbrush recently? Anyone? Skincare? You're getting like the cheap stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm 45. 
still, I think. Um, I, got, I got some more wrinkles happening up here. It's time to up that skincare game a little bit. What about the hair care? I've done this. I have like really nice stuff that I got from my hairdresser that like makes my hair like freaking silk, but I still sometimes use like the Costco one, which is still good, but it doesn't make my hair feel nearly as nice. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to see anyone today. So I'll just use this cheap stuff and I save the good stuff for later. It's like my hair's not worth it. <laughs> guess it's really not if I'm not even going to dry it sometimes. Anyway. All right. Towels. Are your towels holy with stains? Mine, mine are better now. I upgraded when I moved into the, the our new house four years ago. But prior to that, they were not good. Um, how old's that bath mat? Linens for your bed. Pillows. The decor in your bedroom. Uh, I think that's pretty much the last to decorate for everybody because no one really sees it. But we spend the most time in there and we should love our bedroom and bathroom. Um, <laughs> you got me on the towels. I love it. All right, your workspace. Location of your space. Your internet quality and computer performance. I realize that some of you are stuck with like satellite internet and for you, Godspeed. My heart goes out to you. <laughs> um, privacy in your office as I sit here with my French doors and everybody can hear me and see me all the time. Uh, pens, chair, decor, clutter. Guilty. <laughs> What's the overall experience of your workspace? I love it. Gold-ish. <laughs> All right. Self-care. This is an important one, guys. Cut and style of your hair. Diet and water. Quality and quantity. Sleep. You guys, sleep. Don't be telling me this is all brass. If you guys are answering brass, Maggie, Amanda, the others went by a little too fast. Like, you better um, put this on your do not pass go, do not collect $200 until you start doing a little bit of self-care. So bump that up. Dental health, like, do you go, do you go to the dentist? Doctors, are you choosing doctors that you like and listen to you? Are you taking some meditation quiet time? Are you exercising? I mean, you don't have to be out there like P90Xing, but maybe like, I don't know, just take a walk for 20 minutes. Hobbies, do you have any hobbies? Or is it just like all work? And I get it. We like our work. But you need some hobbies too. Self-care. Where is it? Where is it? Sleep equals coal. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Yeah, Lauren, you're right. Can't help anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself first. Karen, choosing a doctor in Canada is a thing in the past. You guys don't get to choose? Well, it's crazy town. We get to choose, but then we have to pay for it. A lot. <laughs> All right. Finances. Um, what are your finances? Um, mail system. Like, do you have a system for when your mail comes in from the, the mailbox? What about paying yourself out of your business? Come on, guys. Oh, I see a lot of brass now. Pay yourself, even if it's five bucks. All right. Tax system. Like, do you have a system for keeping track of your tax things? Because guess what? We're all going to have to pay them. Um, do you have retirement savings or a plan to start investing? If you're not investing for your retirement, can you start investing like $10 a week? Like start somewhere because it's not the amount, it's the habit that actually helps with that. Profit first. Yeah, Maggie, great book. Do you have a plan to get out of debt if you are in debt? What's your person wallet situation? Are you walking around with like a hole in your wallet? Because that tells me that like, oh, there's not a lot of like focus on feeling abundant. I don't know how you can feel abundant when you're walking around with a hole in your wallet and your chains falling away behind you. <laughs> Christy, no, passing away young is not a retirement plan. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
Um, an accountant, do you have a good accountant to help you make financial decisions? So what's the overall experience of your finances? Carla, I love that. I've started carrying cash, so I always feel abundant. I love that. All right, wardrobe. Ladies, it's your underwear situation. <laughs> um, socks, how many holes are in either one of those two? <laughs> Can we get ourselves some nice underwear? Not for anyone else, just for you. Something comfortable. Jewelry, shoes. I'm not saying you need to go get some like Louis Vuittons or anything, but like maybe you don't have holes in your shoes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's time to upgrade. What are your work clothes? And I put work because those are all jammies for many of us. <laughs> so do you have holes in your work clothes? If not, like go to Costco, get yourself a new pair of pajama pants. <laughs> Heather would kill me. She's like, you can't work in pajama pants. I'm like, mm, you can't work in pajama pants. I can. And I do. And then of course you're out clothes when you actually leave the house and interact with other human beings. <laughs> Um, all right. Overall experience there. Personal development. Last one. Reading, learning time. Do you take time for that? Do you have any coaching or mentoring in your life? You guys are all here. So you check that off. Good job. Do you have time to be creative? Do you allow yourself to be creative in your business? What about time for reflection? Because guess what? When you take some quiet time, like more ideas come, you become more creative. Oh, I love all these platinums coming up here. Oh, Maggie, you have a lot of brasses. We're going to have to make a decision of which one you're upgrading first. Definitely your self-care if that one was brass too. Um, all right, business friends. We have each other. Overall experience there. All right. Also want to touch on affirmations. Um, it sounds all woo and silly, but they actually do work. But you need to take the time for them to work. You have to use them consistently for them to work, like 60 to 90 days, saying the same thing every day. There's a couple best practices here. That is make them positive. So no negatives. So like, I won't spend money. No, no, no. Change it to, I will save more money. Um, something like that. Keep them in the positive tense. Oh, there you go, twice. <laughs> it's really important to keep them positive. Oh, that should be present tense. Keep them in the present tense. So not like, um, I'm going to X, Y, Z, like I am. The best affirmations start with I am. All right, keep them simple with one action and only do five to 10 affirmations at a time. Don't like sit down and write like 37 or more <laughs> because you'll never be able to do that. Um, Karen, that's kind it's kind of, it's negative-ish with the I'm going to eat fewer potato chips. How about I am going to eat healthy or make healthy eating decisions and get the baked potato chips. <laughs> um, so try for 90 days every day and then visualize it. Like just saying it doesn't really do anything. Like actually take a second and like, I am going to make, I am making good eating decisions. I am eating more vegetables. I will never make the affirmation that I am eating more fruit because fruit is gross, but I am eating more um, vegetables, something like that. So, oh, I had a second thing. Here we go. Here's just a couple sample ones. If you want ideas, you can search affirmations for photography business, affirmations for money, affirmations for paying down debt, affirmations for whatever it is, whatever it is you want to improve, they're all over the place. So I attract money easily, effortlessly. Uh, the more I focus on joy, the more money I will make. The money is a tool that can change my life for the better. I am the architect of my fate. I can achieve X, Y, Z. People love their photography products and refer their friends to me. 
Corinda had something like this in her talk that clients are excited to spend thousands of dollars with me. I am a money magnet. I love that one, Susie. Um, and then, all right, here's this one. I love this. I heard this a while ago and I was like, oh my God, that is brilliant. Because sometimes we're starting out with these affirmations and we're like, I, I, I don't believe this. I know I'm saying it. I'm going to start believing it, but like, I don't at all. Nope. Um, so can you say I am becoming, I am becoming a wealthy woman. I'm becoming a business CEO. I am becoming a, um, you know, internationally known pet photographer. You don't have to say I am yet, but I am becoming. That's an easier way to like buy it in. And then pretty soon you're going to get rid of that becoming and just say, I am. All right. So number three, cultivate your inner state. This is so important. Like at all times, our feelings are a barometer for what's going on in our head for what we're attracting into our life. So if you feel like shit, you're attracting more shit. Um, if you feel great, you're going to be attracting more good things. Now, I'm not saying like you can never feel bad. You can never feel stressed out. You can never feel tired or worried or stressed like we're human. But when you're feeling that more than you're feeling a uh, more peaceful gratitude kind of interstate, you're going to be attracting more of that kind of crap. So you want to try to flip it whenever you can and cultivate these, these interstate experiences. So what can you do to cultivate those interstates? Some people can go test drive a fancy car. Some people can go look at really nice, fancy open houses. That's me. Like I love going to look at fancy houses and I like walk through them and it just makes me feel super abundant. Like I'm living there, even though I'm not, <laughs> but other people might walk into that big house and be like, Ugh, it makes them feel bad. It makes them feel the lack. It makes them feel like I'm never going to be able to afford this. Uh, how do we do that for the houses? You guys look for your area for a parade of homes. That's when all the builders like open up all these sample houses and you don't have to pretend to be buying this $2 million house. You could just walk through it. <laughs> and it's awesome. And they're always decorated. Even like the normal houses are always decorated. So awesome. I, I freaking love, I love model houses. My mom and I, we get together, we just go model house shopping. <laughs> it's really fun. So anyway, so what are you doing? Because what some things on this list make some people feel really abundant and makes other people feel the lack. So you don't want to do things that feel the lack, make you feel like you're missing it or you're lacking, you're never going to get it. You want to do things that make you feel abundant. Is it staying at fancy hotels? Is it not even staying there, but going to like lunch at a fancy hotel? We can all do that. Go for a cocktail at the pool of a fancy hotel. Like there are definitely ways that you can still cultivate that without spending a lot of money. What about going to the spa, going to a nice dinner, cleaning your jewelry, not even buying jewelry, but maybe like, I don't know, like the sucker has been at the barn and dirty and hair products. Like maybe I should take it off and clean it. Huh, that'd make me feel better. What about just sitting in the sun with a book? Like you don't need to do expensive things to make you feel abundant. Make a list. Oh, maybe go shopping um, or even just window shopping. I love to go look through like home decor, how like stores love it. If I see one, I'm like me beeline straight in, um, usually don't even buy anything. It just, I love looking at that kind of stuff or maybe just going out to be in nature. So I want you guys, we're running out of time to do it now, but I want you guys to like make a note to write down 10 to 15 things that you can do to make you feel abundant. Um, some of them might involve spending money, like going to the spa. Some of them might be just getting outside in the sunshine, taking a walk, listening to music, reading a book, um, going to an open house, what those different things are um, about that. Deborah's asking, how do you get past asking for money from people that owe you? 
Well, number one, you make, I make a personal, you can make a boundary where you don't lend money to friends unless you're willing to make it a gift. And that kind of gets rid of that whole thing. But usually, usually people might've forgot. Although I find that hard because like if I owe money, somebody probably because I'm projecting because I don't like, like I'm hypersensitive to it. Um, I'm like, here, here, take it, take it. But I mean, you have two choices. You can either ask them for it nicely, or you can just release it and let it go. But the holding on to, ah, God, this person owes me money. Holding on to that is not going to serve you at all. So you got two choices, ask or release it. Okay. And then book recommendations. If you guys like this and want more diving more into this money mindset stuff, these three books are like the best. I love them so much. You will love them. Highly recommend. This has been awesome. Did you guys find that helpful? Do you guys love that conversation as much as I do? Like I could talk about that stuff all day. Um, Oh, you're so welcome. It was a fantastic, fantastic week. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, you guys. I am going to hop off here um, because I got to go take Lauren to her riding lesson and I got to go take care of my little baby horse. Um, Happy pocket full of money. You are a badass at making money. Jen Cicero, she's freaking hysterical. And um, here you go. Richard Dots. Richard Dots. uh, Dollars flow easily to me. If you're into like law of attraction manifesting, all of his books are an easy read and really great. And they're on like Kindle Unlimited if you have that. And they're a super quick, um, super quick read. Um, All right. That is it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly loved teaching it. Had a great time. Uh, Just a reminder that if you want to grab all of those summit recordings from our previous summit, just jump over to hairofthedogacademy.com slash recordings. And then you can go ahead and use the coupon summit save S U M M I T S A V E all one word summit save to save $170 off of the all access pass. You can grab it for only $127. And that discount is available until the end of the day on November 1st, Eastern US time. So go check it out. Hairofthedogacademy.com slash recordings. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 163. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 163. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.